Listener Production. US stocks retreat overnight as Apple shares in focus on the back of Chinese curbs. And Aussie shares expected to open modestly higher to end the week on Friday. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday the 8th of September. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, it's always a an interesting day when you start off with a headline like China bans the use of iPhones. Absolutely. And it was all about technology and semiconductor shares overnight, wasn't it, Tom? It was. And that was quite telling in terms of the performance of the market. So the NASDAQ, in the opening part of the session, it was down substantially, down by 1.7%. Uh, it was able to recover but still quite conspicuous with a decline of 0.9% at the end of the session. The S&P 500 down by a third of a percent, and the Dow managed to buck that trend, albeit by a slight margin with a gain of 0.2%. Uh, interesting amidst all of this, we had uh, bond yields actually decline a little bit. So long and short-term interest rates lower by about seven basis points for a two-year government bond. That's a pretty sizable move under the circumstances to 4.94%. So that in the face of some economic news that points to the potential for more rate hikes in the near term. So we got the latest claims for unemployment benefits from the United States for last week, and we did see those claims fall by 13,000 to 216,000 last week, and that was the lowest level since February. So that does point to a still solid labour market. Uh, the expectation was that you know the number of people claiming unemployment benefits would rise, but it, it fell. So another short-term measure of employment uh, activity that's improving but look, I know you're an economist, Ryan, and you know, productivity is the golden fleece in many respects. And to see it emerge the way it has in the United States compared to the Australian experience where it is um, being very elusive to say the least, that's, I suppose, one of the miracles of the US economy in many regards. It is. So non-farm productivity, which measures hourly output per worker, Tom, that increased at a 3.5% annualised rate in the period from April through to June. What it suggests is the effort being put in by workers increases, and of course that has a big impact on wages and inflation. So, so the bottom line is that you know if you're a business and you're investing in your labour force, you are getting the return as a business, and it follows to the bottom line. Whereas if you don't have a productive labour force, you don't have that dynamic. So it is important for the share market because it means that the that part of the economy is operating efficiently. And what we saw yesterday from Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe here in Australia in his valedictory speech, as you call it, was... A hanky out the window. That's it. Thanks he, for the memories. And Australia has a productivity problem. It's got the opposite of the United States. So he said that we need to lift productivity to help return inflation back to target. So that is a key focus there. The other thing we saw quickly last night is we did see unit labour costs, which is a measure of wages, and that was up by 2.2% in the June quarter, above expectations. So what that all suggests is that wages or labour costs in the US are growing at a, a quicker pace than expected. That said, it was still the slowest since the fourth quarter of 2022. Still, it was a substantial margin above expectations. So that was like almost half a percent higher than what the market had been looking for, a bit more than that, actually. The interesting thing about that is that you you saw interest rates fall, and which is not what you would have expected on a higher than expected wage outcome because that is inflationary. Yes. However, the concerns around an important organisation called Apple, 
would have contributed to the caution in the markets, which saw those uh, long and short-term interest rates fall. So this was really the the big topic of the day. Otherwise, you know, you would have had those uh, wages numbers swamp everything. Absolutely. So we saw Apple shares eventually fall by around 2.9%. They were down as much as 5.1% at one stage, bringing its two-day slump to 6.8%. That wiped out around $200 billion US dollars worth of market value in just two days. As China plans to expand a ban on the use of iPhones to government-backed agencies and state companies, the, the, the timing of this ban is, is quite interesting given the recent launch of Huawei's technology's high-end 5G-capable smartphone. Of course, this comes at a time when it's quite reveal of the mobile phone utilising technology from the United States, which, of course, has been trying to keep this technology out of Beijing's hands. This will set off alarm bells in Washington. Well, look, you know, they probably should have thought about that, Ryan, when they outsourced uh, almost the whole of their production and supply chain to, to China, which has been, you know, um, domiciled there for, for some time. This may derail recent efforts of outreach by the Biden administration as far as uh, detente is concerned on this front. But broadly, what we saw last night, Tom, was Apple suppliers all under pressure. We saw the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index fall by 2% and Skyworks Solutions, Qualcomm and Corvo all down by around 7%. NVIDIA and Advanced Micro Devices fell by up to 2%. So they all weighed on the broader markets and that's why the NASDAQ was down significantly, down by 124 points. Let's just quickly uh, move to the European side of things because by comparison, the tone there uh, wasn't as bad. We actually had the UK market up by 0.2 of a percent at the close of trade. The German market down by about the same amount, and the French market just in positive territory. The broader measure of European stock performance, the Stock 600 index, is by around 0.2 of a percent. But the disquiet around uh, this uh, wasn't really at fever pitch. Uh, compared to what happened in the US session? No, so we saw tech shares down by 2% in Europe and the regional benchmark posted its longest losing streak since February 2018, falling for a seventh straight day. Like the US, we saw semiconductor firms under pressure on that Apple news and we did see Apple supplier STM Electronics. It slumped by 4.1% and we also saw ASM International ASML, they all fell up to 6.3%. We also saw the impact of Chinese trade data. Yes, they have an impact on Europe as well. The miners there were down 2.2% after we saw demand concerns resurface with weaker than expected export numbers. So bringing us to the local picture today, notwithstanding the weakness for Northern Hemisphere stocks, almost uh, unusual to see the SPY futures with a gain of around 0.1% of a percent. I suppose that's going to be one of the things to look out for in early trade is the extent to which that holds up and indeed how the US futures perform in after hours trade given the fact that we're heading into Asian trade and doubtless there will be some headlines around the Apple situation that will continue to build over the course of the next day. What will be interesting though of course is if you look at the cyclical side of things so if you look at indexes like the Dow Jones, which is a more cyclical orientated index, it was less affected by Apple. So part of the reason for that is the composition of that index. So we did see the Dow Jones actually up by 57 points or 0.2%. Healthcare and utility sectors performed particularly well, those defensive ones. But what we also saw is Apple ranks just 11th in the cyclicals heavy Dow Jones index. So perhaps the 
downweight when it comes to tech will be of less significance to the Australian market, which has a smaller representation when it comes to that sector versus what we have seen in the United States. The counterpoint to that discussion is that whenever you see an authoritarian uh, regime lean into what it can do in relation to an economy or a populace that is um, uh, unwelcome, uh, that can cause caution and see liquidity from a market withdraw. And to an extent, we saw that in the treasury market with investors favouring the security of government bonds over stocks. That's something that needs to be looked at quite carefully. And yes, you, you're right, absolutely. The diminished value of technology stocks in the AS, um, ASX is, is important, but our exposure to you know the fortunes of the Chinese economy does mean that we're quite vulnerable in this conversation. The other barometer is the US dollar, which strengthened again last night on the back of that solid US data and also safe haven bid. We saw China's onshore yuan currency slide to a 16-year low versus the greenback. It's under pressure, of course, from the property slump, weak consumer spending and shrinking credit growth in the world's second largest economy. And what we did see yesterday, as I mentioned earlier, was exports drop in August by 8.8% year on year on China. And that really does represent and highlight the, the weakness when it comes to external demand in that economy at the moment. And that downdraft around the Chinese economy impacted commodity markets last night. So the oil price was down 0.8% uh, to 89.92 US dollars a barrel for the Brent crude price. And we did see there with the oil price ending a nine session rally, which was pretty significant. Of course, concerns around demand was the focus with those Chinese export numbers in particular. So uh, at the same time, just to point it out, uh, US crude inventories or stockpiles drew down by 6.3 million barrels last week. So that was down for a fourth consecutive week. So demand in the US still remains quite firm. But of course, all the focus is on supply cuts from OPEC at the moment. So the other element of the China situation that's worth pointing out as well is at a time when the economy is struggling, and we saw that most recently yesterday with the uh, with the trade numbers, when a regime like that is then enforcing these initiatives, the populace can reasonably become more cautious, more defensive. Perhaps their spending habits might change when they see these types of things go on. And at a time where it's important for the Chinese consumer to get out there and um, spend to help the recovery, this could delay the recovery and could, to an extent, neutralise some of the efforts that you've seen from Chinese authorities most recently to try and support their economy. So that's something that's probably going to you know, be borne out over the course of the next you know, couple of months and certainly be a factor between now and the end of the year in relation to sentiment towards China. We did see yesterday major state lenders, Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, Agricultural Bank of China and Bank of China separately say they'll start lowering interest rates on existing mortgages for first home loans. So that's another example of an effort to shore up the property sector, maybe provide some support for the Chinese consumer with those borrowing costs as well. So that continues at the moment. Indeed. So as we head into the final session of the week, notwithstanding the schedule of corporate and economic news today, you'd think the main focus will be on the way that uh, regional markets respond uh, to all of this. We're still in the throes of companies going ex-dividend 
Uh, Ryan, we've got mineral resources today going ex-dividend. Wise Tech will be going ex-dividend. So that'll be a bit of a headwind for the local market as well. And Nickel Industries hosts an investor meeting. So look out for all that. Chinese inflation is released on Saturday. So while we're watching the footy finals, that'll be released. And I'll have an update for you on that on Monday. But of course, Tom, the Aussie dollar, what's happening there? Well, it has actually held up reasonably well under the circumstances, given the headwinds that are being thrown up by the discussion around China, the strength of the US dollar, as you rightly point out, at a six-month high. You could have thought that the local currency would be a deal lower. It is under pressure, but at 63.7 US cents, it's actually holding up well under the circumstances. It hasn't reacted terribly much uh, given everything that's been thrown at it in the last day. It seems to be hovering around that 63.7 to 63.8 level. We saw that at the close of the US yesterday as well. So that seems to be a level at the moment which the Aussie dollar continues to find a flaw. Uh, we, we have seen it fall further, of course, during the session. 63.66, it got down to overnight. Have a great weekend. Talk to you on Monday. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.